Hello, welcome to Board Game Jerk. We're here today. We've got a machine that's going to generate some random game ideas for us, and we're going to work out how on earth they could be possible. And there's four of us here today. We've got Jason, Chris, Frank, and myself, Rebecca. So let's get going. Frank, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Frank. I run Motocross Machinations, and our most famous game is a little science fantasy uh, role-playing game called Hypertellurians, set in the future of old. Uh, and I'm here to to make board games now. So I'm I'm glad to see that I'm not getting typecast, which is nice. You know, I'm spreading out, <laughs> uh, diversifying. So that's nice. Uh, and we shall see how well that's going to work. Fantastic. And Chris? Hey, I'm Chris. Uh, I make some roleplay games and board games in my spare time, currently working on a board game where you are running a computer company in the 1980s. Prototype should be ready pretty soon. And a couple of uh, interactive fiction and uh, roleplay game supplements too, but mostly just for fun. Fantastic. And Jason? I am a full-time um, writer, editor, and designer for role-playing games, um, primarily, although I dabble in uh, computer game and board game consulting stuff. Um, I work for Chaosium, and I have done work with Modifius before. Um, the games that people would know me for are um, RuneQuest, Basic Role-Playing, and the Conan RPG, with a bunch of others down the line. So... Um, Let's go. Uh, and over to you, Rebecca. Who are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, I'm Rebecca. And honestly, I'm just here to make up the numbers. Um, <laughs> oh, Rebecca. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we know this. Um, no, so the way it's going to work now, we're going to fire up the machine and see what it wonderful idea it brings out for us. We're going to then have a little discussion as to how it could possibly work, think of a fantastic name for it, and then play a round of the game and see if we enjoy it at all. Um, Chris? Yes. So before we get to the fun, I have to put on my 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 wig and gown, get out a big uh, legal textbook or something like that, and just say we're generating some random ideas. Um, some are great. We've had some some actually really nice ideas that some of us have decided we would love to work on at some point. Some are just crazy and make absolutely no sense. But if you like what you've heard and you do decide to make a game out of it, that is totally fine. But please, please, please let us know. We'd love to hear. That you've done that and uh, please just attribute us somehow and of course send us millions of dollars uh bribes free copies chocolate um kickstarter acknowledgements <laughs> all welcome <laughs> so just getting that out of the way over back to you rebecca let's 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 get to the fun okay so we're going to fire up the machine now all right the um First of our brilliant ideas that this um, the uh, board game jerk machine has generated for us is well, it has no title, which we will determine later, but it is a trick-taking game where you are princes or princesses sailing zombies in the disco. Um, <laughs> Love sort of, um, it. So already, already we have something that's grammatically 
um, dubious. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> which is an I, excellent uh, start. This gives us flexibility. Well, well, that is a question. I mean, we could go. We have a little bit of uh, leeway in the way we interpret these um, prophecies, <laughs> so um, we can determine whether it is in fact grammatically incorrect and can be adjusted, or we can decide that we must come up with something that is actually literally the um, words written there. Um, I mean, it's it's right in my head now. You have zombies and there are princes on them, sailing them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so there must be sails. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure the zombies, what form they take. Maybe they're zombie ships. The only thing I'm struggling with right now is how you get them in the disco. Or maybe it's yeah. just all about the well, scale of the disco. Be- before we go any further, I should explain <laughs> trick-taking because this might send us oh, yeah. down a path. Yeah. So, um, this is from uh, Board Game Geek, as always. Um, no relation. Um, players play cards from their hands to the table in a series of rounds or tricks, quote unquote, which are each evaluated separately to determine a winner and to apply other potential effects. Uh, the most common way to win a trick is by having the card with the highest value of the suit that was led, but many games use the trump system, etc., etc. Uh, games that you might have played are actually fairly well known, this mechanism. Uh, Skull King is one that I know I've definitely played quite a lot here. Wizard. Uh, actually, a lot of uh, Euro slash German games, card games, are trick-taking games. Fox in the Forest is another one. Um, I also see listed here Bridge, but I don't think it's – I'm not sure if it's The Bridge or there's no, <laughs> another game called Bridge. I'm not sure. It's Bridge, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if I'm really honest, though, I did kind of zone out during the description, and I've not played any of those games. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm basically, sure I'll pick it up as we go along. <laughs> basically, you uh, you say you are going to uh, win based on a certain criteria, mm-hmm. and then – you are slightly trying to trick all the other players into them believing that you will. Yep. And you're kind of one-upping each other a little bit mm. to get to a point where someone wins and maybe you were very good at bluffing or maybe not. So it's a little bit like a lot of classic card, card games, games as well. Okay. In some ways. So, yeah. Oh, I'm very bad at these things. I'm <laughs> f- I, I, no, sometimes it, they don't it always. It reflects my life quite a lot. That I just get mm. nervous even playing a card game where I have to lie. Um. <laughs> There's no money involved in these ones, fortunately, usually. <laughs> Isn't the important part that at some point you're going to get called out? It's like exactly. you, you mm. have to put wizards down and you say, I've got five wizards and the other person yeah. can only go higher. And at some point it's like ludicrous, seven wizards? Who has seven wizards? I'm going to call <laughs> you out. And then, and then you have to, yeah, then you have to, you know, take your pants down and really show the wizards. Um, wait, wait. Now right, I'm wondering yeah, that, what that wizards are. <laughs> what, what? That way you do a different direction. Okay. Um, I, I, did I misunderstand how this works? No, no I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So as we were with the, the, the theme, um, I mean, there's a little bit of an element here of uh, if you have princes slash princesses in the disco – they could be trying to, or zombies could be trying to potentially date them or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just want, I, if there's any other definitions of sailing, there's anything, anyone? I was well, kind of wondering whether it's a dance move. Yeah, you know, it could be controlling them, you know, maybe they're in the disco and you've got, the zombies are dancing or milling around aimlessly and you're trying to guide them into elaborate <laughs> dance moves. 
Oh, maybe it's because the zombies have no... Yeah, they can't really control where they're going because they're all zombie-ish. And that's where the right. sailing is because they have like a little... You kind of push them in different directions and they just mm. start drifting that way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe by literally attaching things like sails so they they're... Um, that it catches not the wind, but maybe it catches the scent of of brains, uh, and then they're drawn to that. <laughs> uh, and that could be like powering the music or something in the disco. The <laughs> <laughs> party only like keeps the, going if we sail the zombies. I kind of like the idea. It was more like these rich princes. Prince, oh dear, I wish there was a plural for just gender non-specified royalty. Nobles, <laughs> Princess royals, I. royals, <laughs> nobles, royals, second in lines. Yeah, <laughs> in lines. Um, for it's like a game they're playing, and they're trying to get their zombies to win either a dance off or a race, and then that suits oh, the yes. trip taking quite well, actually. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I have, and this suits what you were saying, Frank, a little bit. I've got sails. I've got go faster stripes, and there's sort of themes on the the one ups for the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> and my zombie has got a functioning nose, so he's going to be attracted to the, the, the open brains at the other end of the disco or where the, <laughs> let's say, the DJ booth is, so where you have like a buffet of, uh, of brains brain which buffet. all attract different types of zombies. Right, and other internal organs. You could and I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we shouldn't focus purely on the, don't want yeah. the organist here. <laughs> for the subject, for the aspect of fairness, <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, you know. Also, also, and just the just, number of sacrifices needed. <laughs> exactly. This is this is easier. We don't waste so much. Right. Oh, well, and the losers, the loser royals. Perhaps they get then the next ones on the buffet. <laughs> oh, high, high stakes, high stakes. <laughs> I almost Literally. think. I almost think that the brains would be almost like shrimp on the buffet, where that just goes immediately. You know, all of the high value buffet <laughs> items, and then everyone else is poking around at the rice uh, and the pasta dishes. We're down so to awful. <laughs> there's almost uh, trick trick cards for push push and pull to win. Mm. Push to make the the zombie go faster, take the best route, whatever, but also or best dance move, whatever it is, and also pull to attract to the best body part. <laughs> Wait, so are you kind of racing yeah. the zombies to the buffet table? Maybe. I'm not sure if it should be a race oh. or a dance move, so I'm still not sure about. Okay. An impressive procession towards the buffet. Mm, the guy uh, it, it could be adjudicated. <laughs> there could be uh, points, you know, like in mm. dance competitions, you get points at the end. So, oh. depending on how how stylishly you get your zombie to to this or that uh, piece of uh, meat. Yeah. <laughs> well, the. The disco has also got to be tremendously distracting for zombies. Well, it's the light up floor and the, the you know the uh, disco ball with all of the shining lights everywhere yes. and the loud music. I assume zombies. they're just playing that Kerncraft song, uh, Zombie Nation, on repeat. Probably. Yes. <laughs> just as soon as you open staying the box, alive, that staying happens. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually quite a lot of disco songs. Well, yes, Spot there are. <laughs> so an eye on the commercial potential that there's some tie-in opportunities here. So. Mm. <laughs> what, what, what if the so what if the score that you're going to get, say, out of ten, is is what you what you wager on? You know, say, yeah. well, I've got this sorted. I've I've got right the meat. You know, that disco ball is far enough away, and I've got these things that I can stick on my zombies. I think I'm going to easily get a six. The next person has to, you know, up that. Well, I'm going to get a 6.5, no problem. And then when you get into the eights, it gets a little oof. 
<laughs> no one's getting 10 out of 10. Well, I mean, yeah, they're they zombies after all, so let's <laughs> <laughs> set <their> expectations <laughs> accordingly. And it, it could be that, yeah, the number you wage is the number of squares the zombie has have to step on to, like, the path they're following to get to the... Uh, the light up to the buffet yes yeah (laughs) and it might be that you say well i'm going to do you know this minimal path to there are other zombies that might not be moving on the dance floor and you have to negotiate your zombie around them you know like dancing to get across a dance floor Mm. Um, and perhaps there could be a risk as well when you're doing all these zombie dance moves and things that an arm falls off yeah or a leg (laughs) yeah (laughs) And then, well, they could get to their little tray and realize that some other zombie has eaten it first. Like they get to the brain tray and they're like, oh, no. Oh, man, no. just look at it. Just, just imagine the disappointed face and a poor little zombie. Yeah. He's lost his leg. He's lost his arm. Yeah. So. And now there's not even any, uh, in, in, yeah, any bowels. So, there. I'm actually trying to think. Uh, are there any trick-taking games where you have <laughs> negatives? I don't know. Uh they're mostly fairly straightforward. That's kind of the point, but I guess it could work. Um, messing up with other people's tricks. I don't see why not. Uh, or it's a ne- there are positives and negatives. So someone says, I'm going to get five, and you think, that's a bit low, but maybe they've got a lot of negatives. I don't know. I'm not sure if that works in a trick-taking game. I don't know. I've never really? seen one like it, but it, it could, could. work. Um, yeah. So I have another so, question here. Yeah. How... How do the princes or princesses fit into this? Because it feels like that should be an important element of it as well, right? Isn't this just our kind of thinly veiled social commentary that's going on? (laughs) (laughs) About who can afford sailing zombies, right? (laughs) We don't want peasants anymore, we want zombies. Theme is, of course, important. You know, in an abstract trick-taking game, theme is very important. Um, so why are we here? Why are there zombies? Why are we at a disco? Like, what's what's the... Weirdly, yeah. I see this a bit as, as kind of an outtake from Shaun of the Dead. Uh, so it's like Simon <laughs> Pegg's doing this. But whilst yeah. the zombies were invading, this is what the royals were up to. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, the deleted scene, yes, that everyone really loves on the Blu-ray. <laughs> I, that, that works. That works. Uh, you could have like a real old school disco somewhere in... Um, also, like an area of London that has really rich people, but kind of lame clubs, like um, the oh, what's the I could, you know uh, Mayfair, Mayfair, or somewhere like that. Oh, it could be something like that. Yes, yeah, they're all drinking their cristal and racing zombies. <laughs> well, they found a use, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only ones who can insulate themselves from the zombie apocalypse, you know, where they have enough wealth that it's uh, all they have left, really. It's just a bunch of startup entrepreneurs. Like, we're going to pivot into the zombie area. Uh. Absolutely. <laughs> well, having met some of those, it's not too far-fetched, actually. <laughs> I'd say it's not at all far-fetched. No. And, and, and okay. just taking the theme further, does it matter where the zombies came from and why we have zombies in the first place? Or is Ooh. Um, mm. Mm. What is it in Shaun of the Dead? Is it ever specified? No. Uh, there's uh, a bit of information in the background on televisions where they sort yeah. of say that something has happened, but they I don't think they ever say, like, it was a meteor or a chemical thing or a, it just happens. Mm. I kind of like channeling another British zombie, quote-unquote, movie with 28 Days Later, maybe, which was definitely 
chemicals, I think. No, it was a virus uh, engineered. Virus, yeah. They were testing yeah. monkeys. Mm. And one of them, a group of um, uh, environmentalists, animal rights people, broke um, an infected monkey out of that. Ah. This yeah. was all in the prologue or the, the opening montage in the first. It's a episode. bit grim, though, isn't it? Maybe we should just leave that. Yeah, alone. yeah. I think it's best <laughs> to just draw a a curtain over the origins of the zombie plague. <laughs> I kind of like this. Is sometimes the inspiration behind this this whole bot in the first place was I sometimes like these very abstract rule books where it's just like you are this doing this and you kind of think but why <laughs> well, <laughs> but why not <laughs> so i kind of like keeping it a little bit sort of uh oh whatever yeah um rebecca it is time to you are the nominated adjudicator for this round it is time to bring down the the hammer on the the, the gavel? The gavel? I think it's called. The gavel. Um yes. So <laughs> in fact we've been pretty we've been pretty uh it's pretty fairly fairly focused here, but mm. um, what what is the you you have the the calling vote on what the idea is going to be? So what is it? Okay, um, so this is fantastic because I still am not totally sure about the trick taking and how it works. <laughs> but I get I'm just I'm just going to skim over that until we get to playing around and let someone else lead that bit. Um, mm. So we are minor royals with not much to do. This is zombie apocalypse. Um, we need to stay inside. We've uh, caught ourselves a few zombies, uh, turned turned on the stereo, and made ourselves a game where we're trying to get our zombies to get to their zombie buffet table in the most stylish manner possible. Does this sound about right? Sounds about right. Okay. Anything else we want to put in there? Mm, no, I think it's already <laughs> <laughs> it's already pretty wobbly. <laughs> okay. Most important thing, title. Jason usually is like 95% of our titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would, I would immediately jump to staying dead as the, <laughs> or staying alive if you want to go exactly there. We don't really um, have the royal theme in there, do we, though? Hmm. I mean, um, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, Prince is sailing zombies in the disco is already pretty good. Tell it like it is. I do like very long titles anyway. We can have a subtitle. Yeah. Royal. Royal Death? No, that's a bit grim. No. Something just like Zombie Disco or Royal Zombie Disco. And then with your subtitle. It's not a good title, it's not a witty pun. But people would look at that. Pandemic at the Disco. Yes. Actually, because then we could get a time perfect. with the band Panic at the Disco. Yes, that was exactly, <laughs> exactly. the... Um, and then <laughs> we actually say, it's a zombie plague. If they still exist. I'm not sure if they still exist. I Pandemic really don't disco. know that that mm. matters. <laughs> I, I read somewhere a panic, a different Panic at the Disco-based pun yesterday. So All I right, think they're still being used for puns, even if uh, they're not going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We could just go for Panic at the Disco. I don't think the band's going to sue us. Well, no, I think, but that's not clever but no, anyway. <laughs> I th- yeah, pa- Pandemic at the Disco, it's also kind of topical if we mm. to get people looking at it. Well, yeah, uh, for context, we are recording this episode on July the 5th. And uh, as anyone, most people will know, we're still in the midst of various mm. things. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, clarifying our nominated adjudicators theme there, just again the mechanic, because I think trick taking is a little can be a little unclear, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, 
And I think I'd clear myself, which doesn't help. So we <laughs> play cards from our hand. Let's say we have an initial hand of um, seven, but we play up to five uh, in a series of rounds or tricks. I'm basically paraphrasing the description here. And then at the end of the trick, we one of us wants to have the highest value, but if someone was lying, then there's a penalty. Uh, whoever wasn't lying but has the highest wins. I think that makes a vague sort of sense. Any game nerds are probably screaming at their <laughs> iTunes. But, <laughs> but that, that, um, that, that works, I think. Just conceptually then, because we were saying a bit of, it was a bit between zombie dancing and zombie racing, which I feel are two kind of competing yes. things. And so I reckon what we should have is we are all... We are all royals and we have, we've chosen a zombie and we're going to put them out there to compete to be the snazziest, best dance moves, best on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get rid of kind of this racing or moving spaces. It's just each round we see who's the most impressive. Mm. Yep. Okay. Does that work? Okay. Cool. And oh, then at the very good. end of the game, whoever loses becomes the buffet for, oh. the, for the zombies. Let's, let's wow. keep that bit. All right. Okay. <laughs> so with all that in place for this, Trick-taking games are usually very simple, but we seem to have really struggled with getting this in our heads. Uh, Frank, how about you take the first turn? So I'd say describe what you have in your hand, even though normally people wouldn't know, and what your 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 secret bid is going to your bid is going to be. Yeah, so um, I've got seven cards, right? I can play up to five in a given round. Um, I'm going to call back to uh, to something from a little earlier where I say I have a working um, nose, so it's got something good in the face, which, you know, I think facial expression is important in dancing as well, especially when a lot of zombies <laughs> just fall really flat in that regard. <laughs> so maybe I've got a working nose and I've got a working eyebrow. And, you know, I'm already halfway there. Um, I've also got two working legs. I do have the go faster stripes still, which just means I can do faster moves, I suppose. And um, his arm um, just hangs by a tendon on on the elbow so he can swing it around in a very fancy maneuver that I'm calling the parasol. Mm. Um, And I think that one's going to be my my cincher. I'm not playing that right away, but uh, keeping that in mind, if the round comes back to me, that's going to be my high number. If it doesn't, I've got it for the next round. So I'm going to open up uh, playing playing three three of the lower numbers of those and open up with a five. Jason. Oh, um, <laughs> yes, I am I, going And I look to... very confident, sorry. All right, yes. I have a number of cards that indicate my zombie is particularly athletic. I mean, if you could picture it, perhaps, since all zombies in... Um, Older zombie films and TV shows usually seem to wear some sort of an outfit that depicts exactly what their profession was in life, <laughs> uh, rather than you know just in street clothes. You know, um, so I think mine will be a zombie that is a, um, a ballerina, and so I'm going to do some sort of a, a dance that involves um, a, a pirouette and a leap. Um, so I'll do, um, I'm going to play low because I've got a lot of really good, uh, cards that will give me the ability to sort of spin in place a bit and then just suddenly do a, a 
freestanding leap across the floor to another space, which should look pretty cool. And so, so I will. Frank, I will what, what kind with, of score did you call? I, I five, said five. I oh, five. Yeah. So, Jason, what do you call? I think I'll try to match that. Okay. Five. Rebecca. Um, so I've not drawn an amazing hand. I've I've got a shoegaze zombie that's mm. just going to kind of shuffle its feet. It's a dance. Um, look, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's it. Um, with with one leg and a peg leg. Ooh. Ooh. That's what Is I've it got. A pirate zombie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we could we could we could go for that. Um, shoe, shoegaze pirate zombie. So Don't it kind of looks too many themes here. Come on. <laughs> also, is he carrying the peg leg, or is it actually you know in place of his leg? I'm going to take. I'm I'm just going to take all suggestions now. Oh, okay. It's a it's a shoegaze pirate zombie carrying a peg leg. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Just wow. looking at it mournfully in its own little music zone. Um, oh. um, no, so I have all of these things, and they're all quite disparate, really. And so I'm not yeah. sure they're going to come together to give me the best move. So I'm just going to play um, Shoegaze Zombie, which is quite low, but, um, you know. So you have to match such... or go higher. So you're going to take a risk? Um, oh, wait. So in this case, I would then just like play some kind of crappy cards together, even though none and just. Mm, exactly. Go. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I will play, I will play my weird little assembly of unimpressive strangeness, um, together and go for a six and attempt to look okay. confident. Oh, <laughs> like, all right. Now I've got an interesting combination of cards here. I've got a, a, a main zombie card that is actually a zombie with a slightly severed neck, which makes it great for headbanging. Which is sort of a dance. Um, and it has, for some strange reason, I have uh, roller skates as an accessory. So I've got this kind of weird, like, roller disco headbanging move going on. Um, and these two are good. They're a good combination. I've got a lot of the rest is not very good. So I'm going to put down just two cards looking extremely confident. And say seven. Ooh. So normally we would continue going round until someone makes a call, but let's just say we've done that. So um, someone made a call, we reveal. Uh, Frank, what do you actually have? What's your actual score? Oh, because I started the round, and because I, I wanted to to play it up, I actually had five there. I was okay. I was playing that very safe that first round. Mm. Jason, what do you actually have? I, I actually do have this. I lucked out with this crazy leap card. And so I'm going to um, reveal that, in fact, my I bid low but perform high, I suppose, because I'm also looking at the long game where I want to throw people off a little bit <laughs> so that my strategy is opaque. <laughs> Even <Rebecca>. to you, <laughs> what do you actually have? If we all, if we all be honest, this is going to be a very boring round. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, I have. A, I have. Well, I had, I, I said six, but um, as as we know, I had um, our, our shoegaze peg leg holding confused pirate. Um, so I actually scored just just three on that. Okay, um, I put down mine. It's good, but it's a weird combination. So I actually only end up with four. Uh, I was looking very confident, but I had four. So 
Rebecca loses the trick, and I think Jason wins the trick yeah. and um, right. gets closer to the buffet. So, oh. well done. <laughs> <laughs> and we get closer to the, being the buffet. One of the other nobles comes over. Oh, no, sorry. Jason, Jason's noble goes over and starts marking things out, like all the ham <laughs> on the other noble's leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if you were making this game, would you make it just as a, a card game, or would you make like a little a little disco setup? Uh, they are right? generally just card games, but you mm. could have like a I don't know, like a score track or, or something like that, or you could have I, little player pieces just for a bit of extra. I I think mm. I would have some tiles so that you could create your disco board with you know like the the sort of colored grid on the floor. Yeah. Mm. And um, there might be, you know, other zombies standing there and you've got to kind of do your zombie dance. <laughs> and, and every marketing shot would definitely have a crystal, um, a disco ball in it. Absolutely. And uh, there'd be some sort of um, social competition, social media competition where, you know, take the best disco ball shot with hashtag pandemic in the disco or something. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, you're right. So one of another example listed on Board Game Geek of a trick-taking game is the Fox in the Forest, which does have a board, I think, from memory, or has something. I have played it. Uh, I can't quite remember. It's like things racing each other. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining a different game. Anyway. Perhaps. <laughs> it would be but cool, hey, though. And you could have a, a sound, you have recommended soundtrack playlists for it as well. And then oh, you can definitely. have additional versions that are like slightly different genres. Um. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I like this. I think I'm more excited about doing that than making the game. <laughs> <laughs> we all just want to listen to music, really. <laughs> all right. So that was our first example, a trick-taking game where you are princes sailing zombies in the disco with a working title of Pandemic in the Disco. Yeah. Okay. Frank, how would you like to introduce our second game? All right. Well, I'm going to press the completely not virtual and totally physical button that you shipped over for the for the jerk machine, the jerkinator, or what was the working <laughs> title? I forget. Uh, so and I'm going to press this now, and there's going to be this completely normal sound coming from it, uh, knowing that it's going to work. And it's spitting something out now. Uh, it's going to take a moment because it's a dot matrix printer. But here we go. Monospaced font. Lovely. Okay. We have a... Legacy game where you are celebrities fixing great old ones in a post-apocalyptic world. Okay, that's wow. a mouthful. That's a mouthful. Uh, that's a lot going I, I, on I, here. I spot millions here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, yes, we've got the great so old ones in there, so we're already game. rich. <laughs> a yeah, legacy game, actually, that. this fits in nicely for... Um, our role-playing game creators here, because there's a little bit of there's a little bit of commonality between a legacy game and a role-playing game. Little a bit. legacy game can actually this is a little bit this is a little bit of a tricky one actually because a legacy game is a board game that can have a variety of other mechanics, but yes. it evolves over time. Right. So every time you play a scenario, things change, yes. and you 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 play through an entire story. So. Um, and, and, the, and the game you rules your cards. And, yeah, and the game rules also change over time. So right. some very good examples here are Pandemic Legacy, which we've already mentioned. This is played over 12 months, uh, and I haven't played it, and things change. Gloomhaven is another classic one, which I own. It takes a very long time to change, but it changes over time. The rules change over time. 
Um, Shotstone. I think there's Betrayal at the House on the yep. Hill Legacy, legacy Edition. Game. Yep. Yeah, not the original, but the Legacy Edition. Exactly. And yeah, and say with Pandemic, these and Clank as well. Clank Legacy I've been playing is another game that has a game with a Legacy version of it. And in fact, at the end of that game, you have your own kind of semi-personalized copy of the game to keep playing as well. It yeah. depends. Uh, some are more drastic than others. Some you like tear up things, yeah. sticker over things, so it's permanently changed in right. some ways. So, but of course, the complexity with a legacy game is the mechanics behind it can can kind of be something else. But I think yeah. the theme here is lending itself to something fairly epic. So, mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, okay. the first question is why is it a post-apocalyptic world? But I think that's also kind of answered in the theme itself, right? We have great old ones. so And they need fixing. Um, and so to clarify, great old ones, we're talking about big beasts, classic beasts from mythology and kind of Lovecraftian They're, stuff, this kind of thing? Yes, yes. Giant things like Cthulhu or Nyarlathotep or... Um, uh there are a lot of them <laughs> but uh, these <laughs> so would be I the have. physically manifest ones oh nice yeah this is a podcast but we are we actually have video when we're recording and i'm jigging Hold around cthulhu model means that we can't actually see it <laughs> mm. oh you never can <laughs> but yeah and i think the other part about the, the great old ones is that they're generally asleep <laughs> Right, they're, they're yeah, sleeping yeah. somewhere either deep under the earth or deep out in, in, in the black between the stars and whatnot. And yeah. if they awake, bad, bad stuff happens. But no. we're in a post-apocalyptic world, so we're kind of, we can kind of assume that said bad stuff has in fact yeah. happened. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, wait, perhaps. so it's so perhaps one of somewhat one of them's awoken, and this has caused our post-apocalyptic world. And the fixing them is somehow trying to control them or manipulate them, like. Okay, they're here. Crazy stuff is happening. How can we make or, things better again? Or we could be trying to, I mean, fix, could be banish or um, sort of end their presence on this plane. I don't know. Fix meaning to uh, to freeze or um, to but, uh, stick something, you know? Yeah. Where, when something is fixed, it means it doesn't move and can't evolve. Oh, so, what about what about this one though? You've got all of these creatures that are ancient, more 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 old than time themselves. Essentially, they come from another time, a bit like some of the movies and literature and art that was created in in the sixties or seventies that had really really problematic worldviews about this. Just and that's only like fifty sixty years back. Just imagine how wrong these great old ones are <laughs> on so many things. So, Frank. You you kind of started going with my brain and initially went <laughs> immediately went for this idea. Like I so have you, have all of you I'm 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 hoping you're all good nerds and have have you all read, seen, slash heard Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. Yes. Well one of the variants, <laughs> I can't remember which ones, there's the as the, the the way that the first kind of original uh series uh ends is they the the main characters find themselves on Earth with the basically the 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 founders of the human race who are all like marketing consultants and phone sanitizers and people and like that. So I'm kind of imagining something like this: like the only people left in this post-apocalyptic world, are like 
D-list celebrities who are used to coming on TV shows. Mm. And so they're treating it all like a TV show. <laughs> and they're trying to kind of come up to great old ones and kind of do oh, what Frank says. It's like, yeah, so they're on. trying to come up and they're like, they're, they're trying, yes, trying to do self-help with yes. them. It's just a bunch of D-list <laughs> celebrities and vague self-help notions. <laughs> saving the world <laughs> completely naively of course like there's all these brave warriors trying to save the world yeah the warriors are just struck down immediately <laughs> but the old ones are just a little bit confused you know there's enough of a beat for these celebrities to get a word in <laughs> is there a website somewhere where i mean where you have all these celebrities where it gives their cost that they would actually um and it's almost entirely you know c and d list celebrities where it gives a cost for how much they would they charge to like show up at your birthday party or yes, they all do online recordings now. I saw this, yeah. this yeah. a lot over the it's past crazy, months. It, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Like Send messages to your mum or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is equally strange. But uh, I don't know if there's an internet in this post apocalyptic world. <laughs> well, you know. But I'm do they have an audience? Is there an audience for these celebrities? Who knows? Oh. There are still satellites. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're delving too deep into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the <laughs> what's the legacy game aspect? Um, is it just over a period of time we just have like a classic kind of post-apocalyptic great old one game, but it's just played over a longer period of time? Or... Perhaps we're all working. Oh my god, this could be um, a kind of a. a queer eye for the straight guy sort of thing with a bunch of pseudo celebrities trying to work on great old ones and mm -hmm. get them straightened out and rehabilitated and then their apocalypse happens and then that's the legacy and then the next season has a new great old one that we have to do a makeover on and um yeah and then that's but you know it might be that you know for example you know the oceans have dried up and so now anything related to the oceans or water travel is out of the question. Yeah. So or... this could be Queer Eye for Cthulhu. Yeah, essentially, okay. yeah. <laughs> and how about this, that as you fix a great old one, you have the opportunity to play one of them as well. And they Whoa. become like a makeover artist. I can imagine like a, a great old one becoming a makeup artist or something like that. I, I mean, I, I do feel like they're going to be a little the biggest celebrities of the world one. very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think as an adjudicator, I'm going to have to, to drop the adjudicator hammer on that. That just seems to create all sorts of complexities. <laughs> so you don't like have like, them thing. going around and the celebrities start wearing tentacles mm. to try and fit in and look cool. Yes. <laughs> Well, many of these great old ones are cosmic beings, you know, like Yog sothoth the sprawling insanity at the heart of the universe. Uh, that sounds like reality TV. I don't and know, Big so, Brother is pretty insane. I'm just having a little hard time wrapping my head around one joining the team for the next season. I mean, I, I still like the, the idea that fixing them is... Getting the is things like getting them to use the correct pronouns for people. Yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. absolutely. There could be all. So this is all part of it. They have to completely redo get, their We could oh. call it "get woke" or something. I yes. don't know. Could it? Could it be that? Because you've got get all of these, the great old ones. Mm. I assume somehow though they are in conflict or some kind of power conflict, and absolutely. you've got these remaining ah. celebrities, yeah. and they they, they want to be the, essentially the god of these people. 
Mm. Um, and so the celebrities are kind of their PR consultants to say, okay, if you want to win over the people as we rebuild, what you're really going to have to do is work <laughs> on. Um, and so that's kind of the hook as to why the old ones, um, why there is some link between yeah, them yeah. and these celebrities. <laughs> Canvassing has shown that they don't like the noises you make when you devour the the, the, <laughs> the, the souls of the people you eat. Yeah, yeah however, when you live quietly. stream it, it has been very popular. Um, <laughs> Amongst certain demographics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so behind the legacy game, this is the complexity here. We actually have to come up with our own mechanic here. I'm feeling like... Um, this is probably not a cooperative. Are we all competing against each other to make over the old one the quote unquote best? Or are we working together? Or I mean I think we are working as a team. Okay. Yeah. So we all take a role. I, okay. I feel I feel like the the, the the odds are stacked against us enough since on the other side are the great old ones. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> If lessons have taught me anything in Call of Cthulhu, take a Tommy gun and you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Okay, all right. So in that way, we can kind of channel our classic cooperative game where we have uh, asynchronous abilities for characters who can do different things in better or worse ways. We have a combination of things we need to accomplish in each round of the the the, the season, as it were. And the game fights against us in some way as well. It could be we're trying to get to the great old one. We're trying to convince them or a combination of the two, that kind of thing. Sort of classic co-op mechanics, I guess. Do we have a traitor? Well, I was just thinking in, in terms of the legacy part, because yeah. uh, to attract the attention of a great old one, you have to make a great uh, show. <laughs> and that could, could easily involve, you know, destroying, uh, like blowing up a minor nation or something like that, which is then gone, I suppose. And those viewing figures <laughs> will never come back. I like the fact you said changing the use of pronouns very, very seriously, but blowing up a nation was very casual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I will have a good comeback for that a bit later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, I think we are drawing the to the final moments of deciding how this is going to work. I think we're fairly, fairly decided, but uh, bring down your judge's hammer and what have we decided? Well, I think that we are a um, stylish team of B-list celebrities or C-list or D-list celebrities. Definitely nobody who's had a the name above the fold on a movie or, um, you know, uh, you know, been the first build on a TV series. <laughs> um, and we are um, trying to, we're assembled to try to do basic makeovers on these great old ones. And the, from a makeover, it stands for a complete style overhaul from the way they talk, their attitudes, their, um, their appeal. We're trying to make them more appealing to the shattered remains of humanity <laughs> in the post-apocalyptic world. And every time we're successful, we call that a season you know, we change the board, change the map, and then it's a new great old one for the evolving narrative of the game. TV season, that's... Well, I, I'm thinking in terms go. of a TV season. Yeah. You know, okay. you, you sort of, you do the makeover and then you progress onto another one. And perhaps this works our way up the level from D-list um, 
great old ones to really epic ones like it finishes with Cthulhu himself. Itself. <laughs> I don't know. I think Cthulhu is male, but I'm not sure how that... Uh... <laughs> so what's, what's the narrative that's, that's kind of linking? Why are they doing a makeover for Just each working their way through each one, I guess. And what happens to the one once it's been it's suitably trained? Stops um, trashing humanity, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they go subjugate a <laughs> uh, part of the world and uh, destroy oh, okay. it with their victory conditions, essentially. Hmm. Right. All right. Title. Come on. I and think and can... as for the why, because they want to be famous, you know. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. People well, surely their motives are unknowable. Be on TV is enough for yeah, our TV. crew. And, um, well, it might be that they need a certain number of followers to achieve their victory condition, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Title. Now, I, I've, let's, I've got a couple. Go on. Let's, let's premise this that usually most legacy games have to have legacy somewhere in the title. Yes, but yeah. there could be a subtitle, uh, maybe. <laughs> well, so first one was like, get woke, Sototh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, if that's a little bit too uh, forgettable, we've also got race, race to the top. <laughs> I feel like these might be good as uh, episode titles. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, demoted! <laughs> no, no, because because it, it focuses too much on one of them. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, Rebecca, I don't know if I can if, if I can put more. Uh, if I can do a wordplay with more than one great old one. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be... I wish I knew more reality TV shows. What have we got? We've got... Just, just listen to what you're saying, though. I mean, careful <laughs> there, Chris. <laughs> I think we're winning that we can't think of any. Yeah, to <laughs> pun with. I really, I really want to work the Queer Eye for a Straight Guy into it somehow. <laughs> but I can't think how. <laughs> There's so much potential here. Yeah, I'm no, not I even going I'm... to jump in because I feel I dominate this category. So <laughs> <laughs> We can't edit this, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh... I think, is there anything with like Call of Cthulhu, but the call could be something that's to do with, like, because all I've got is comb. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not quite, that's not quite grooming enough. <laughs> oh, so um, TV. You could could go. You have words uh, like the 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 expert or the bachelor and stuff. What about the groomers or the groomists? <laughs> Groomer can have a slightly negative connotation. Oh yes, yes, it actually is. Right I mean, now, very, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff word. in this game that could, you know, well, exactly. swallowing nations. Um, yeah, I would, I mean, honestly, I would say something like, you know, like you mentioned the, the great old ones woke or, um, something like that. The wokening. Yes. Oh, the awokening. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That'll do. That'll do. Ding. Great old. That's a good, that's a good working title anyway. All right. Okay. The great awokening. Well, yes. Awokening beyond time and space. Yes. Awakening Legacy Edition. Absolutely. Well, I suppose in theory we don't have a non-Legacy Edition, so I don't know if we can. <laughs> But that, that gives us space to work backwards, too. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, first turn example. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to throw a, a spanner, or I'm going to throw a, a, an unknown factor into the works here and say, just to make it interesting, we're up to episode three. So oh. we've kind of played three um 
three games already. So we already have a bit of variation. We've already done a few things already. And let's take a first turn example of our third game of The Awakening. Um, Rebecca, would you like to go first? So, uh, yes, it's a little... Uh, recently, we played Eldritch Horror together. It's kind of a lot like that. Imagine that game, probably, but twist the theme quite a bit. So- okay, so I need to come up with my character. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um... So I was in um, two seasons of something that's going to be a bit like Made in Chelsea type thing. Um, and I was kind of kicked off Ice Age due to, the, you know, other people spreading rumors and it all being awful. But I left, did lots of um, tabloid interviews, this kind of thing, launched my own um, beauty range and self-help guide um, to help other people who are in a similar situation to me, having suffered this kind of, um, you know, abuse from other people. And how to really find your own power and be centered in that and not let them affect you. So I'm here now trying to spread that to the gods in quite an earnest way whilst also developing my business and personal brand. Frank, what's your character? Oh man, I need to follow that up. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> Look, the only thing I've got at the moment is that as a, a, a real PI uh, who did very, very boring work by doing internet sleuthing and, and such like, but then uh, they did this video, um, this application video for um, Big Brother or something like that and got on based on that. And now he's trying to pretend to the world that he's this hard-nosed um, detective, you know, from noir-style films. And uh, some people kind of like him for that, but most people just laugh at him because of that, because it's so transparent, this whole, this whole look that he puts on. But... Uh, but he does. He does have. He he does have good skills in terms of doing actual research around this and waiting in places for a long time to get the shot and stuff like that. Sometimes he channels his inner. Um, uh, oh no! Now I've forgotten the name of uh, Jennifer. Oh, from that Marvel TV show. Who is also the sleuth, but with Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Ah. That's the one. Sometimes he channels his inner Jessica Jones. But uh, wow, well, she's pretty brutal at times. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to to yeah to very very mixed success. Okay, Jason, what is your character? Um, he was part of an ensemble growing up teen comedy, sh- like pre-teen comedy show in the uh, 80s, I would say. Definitely the fourth or fifth person on the, the credits um, at the beginning. And um, and then he uh, maybe went through puberty and really didn't come out of it very well. And, um, <laughs> you know, went from being cute young kid to being kind of bleh. And um, personality-wise, he, um, you know, and maybe he got into some crazy like extreme bodybuilding or something that just people thought "Hmm, that's a little odd and he's been doing mostly um uh appearances at conventions and things like that and uh, signing autographs and some infomercials where he um, goes on one of those shopping networks and talks a lot about you know things like sticking little spigots into fruit and you know turning them into to selling basically useless plastic crap that um, doesn't really uh, make the world a better place or anything, but and pretending like he doesn't understand how to open a milk curtain or um, (laughs) somehow can't drink from a cup of coffee. So there's a special coffee with like a splash guard underneath it. Absurd (laughs) devices like that. And um, 
he's I'm, he's I'm, um <laughs> oh he's actually really popular on um YouTube and the internet solely because people think what an idiot. Um, and like they share his little videos, but he's kind of rolling with a little bit like um, how Rick Astley is now kind of embraced the whole Rick rolling thing and is having fun with it. So that would be my character. And as wow. for whatever aspect of, um, let's say he's a personal trainer. Now, I don't know a how lot much of time these... we've got, but I'd love to hear more examples from Jason about the sort of things he sells. i'll be working on those later on (laughs) okay my character i wanted to channel i love the guy who does like the psychology on queer eye for a straight guy but those guys are pretty famous right now so i'm gonna go lower level and i'm gonna channel what one of my homelands has unleashed upon the world with masterchef and pick one of the people on masterchef you always get kind of early who thinks they're really really good but aren't um, and then gets kicked off sort of halfway through because the public actually kind of finds them kind of funny, but then they just get really irritating after a certain point and they're just terrible. So they just, that gets exposed at a certain point. Since I got kicked off, I just kept basically gate crashing public cooking shows and just be walking on and going, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just looked at me like, yeah, like, like <laughs> sort of a spontaneo, just like showing up, jumping into the bullfighting ring. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but all right. The advantage I do bring, apart from thinking I'm good when I'm not really, is having actually a, a at least a vague idea of cooking. I do have a set of knives, which could be useful if things get messy. <laughs> 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 all right, let's do a quick first round so i think as we generally know with a co-op game uh we have a certain sort of um series of things we're trying to 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 gather in the round and then the game will play against us okay so, i have a question uh, yep what what great old one are we working on this time good yeah good who's call. up it's i suppose it's the first it's the third episode so it's not too epic but it's moderately epic so this time, this is an interesting one. This is controversial. It's not one of the better known ones. We're going for Mother Hydra. Oh. Uh, who, firstly, is kind of infamous as part of the Shadow of Innsmouth, which if anyone has read that story or knows the kind of idea, there's always these um, comments around that the, the creatures in Innsmouth are smell of fish and <laughs> sort of scaly yeah. and slimy. So let's imagine Mother Hydra is like that too, like has a bit of a smell and a hygiene problem. Oh, um, and is needs to stop eating all the fish everywhere because there's not many left. But also, here comes the here comes the interesting psychoanalyst psychoanalyst part. Uh, it's actually controversial whether Hydra is even a great old one or just a deep one. So Mother Hydra also has a chip on her shoulder. <laughs> that's, that's a branding issue right there. Right, um, right, so is yeah. Mother Hydra a Hydra? Is this a, a, a many-headed mm. serpent or is this something no. else? Uh, more of a, well, I mean, if you go with the classical depiction, she would be a great giant deep one, which are these sort of scaly fishmen. Okay. Um, that, uh, you know, have huge eyes and they've interbred with humans so that humans of the town Innsmouth look a little fishy. They're a little pale, a little, um, they have a webbed fingers and, um, okay. yes, the Innsmouth <laughs> look. But Mother Hydra and. Nobody mentioned uh, Norfolk. 
um, Father Dagon oh, are Innsmouth is a bit like supposedly Great adjusted. Yarmouth. So yeah. <laughs> they're, they're basically sort of mid-level. They're they're definitely low-level gods if they are so, indeed gods at all. Okay, Re- Rebecca, what you do not know about Frank is he actually lived in Norwich for a while. So. I, I, was, I, I was born near Norfolk anyway, um, so apparently that was a thing when I was born that they had to test. I didn't have webbed feet or whatever, so. Uh, oh my but I never know if my mum was making that up or not. Um. <laughs> anyway, right. So, first round. I think I might kick off the first round. Um, I reckon we land in uh, in uh, Innsmouth. Say. This is how we find Mother Hydra. Mm. And we have to negotiate with the locals first, which if anyone kind of knows the locals of Innsmouth, they can be mixed in, uh, <laughs> in, in reaction to you. So we've kind of come, we've got like a, a bucket of fish and a, and a promise of, of celebrity. I've got many, many copies of my book. Uh, which I want to spread to people because I think it'd be really valuable to them, um, yes. to accept themselves in their, uh, fishy state. <laughs> Okay, Frank, what have you bought to convince the people of Innsmouth that we are I, that they should I, be friendly to us? I didn't get to bring anything. I'm the one carrying the books. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, your your extremely uh, detailed character, what are they doing? Oh, um uh yeah, he or she Scala. Is, um is probably wearing a t shirt that has their personal brand on it and um you know, a link to this, because nothing seems cooler than a, a YouTube link on your shirt. <laughs> um, and you have uh, a QR yeah. code on a shirt. Um, yeah. Oh, even worse. <laughs> and yeah, spends loads so, of time when he's in shot for the cameras trying to make sure his shirt is unwrinkled. So absolutely. Can... <laughs> yes. You know, Snap and it. sort of naming, occasionally name dropping items that I've sold or been associated with on um, the home shopping network. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Brilliant. Right. So we, we're coming in to try and also then with the, the locals, I, I'm trying to help empower them and Jason's there to try and like train them. <laughs> I'm making sushi. One, one oh, thing what? I did bring is is the knowledge of where the good horns in Innsmouth are. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, where, where to go to speak to Mother Hydra and, and, and her children and her disciples and mm. such. Yeah. I did a bit of research on that. So we kind of go through these motions. We're trying to win them over. The game plays its round against us. Oh, no. Like the, 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 the inhabitants of Innsmouth like fish and they like sushi. They're quite pleased with the sushi, but it should still be good quality. But this fish was a bit off. They're not mm. happy. They're not happy. They try reading the book, but no one told you they don't understand English. Oh my goodness. Your book is just like, they're just flicking through this. And, <laughs> and Frank, you find that the bars, all they have is salt water. You're very disappointed. <laughs> it has a different name in, 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 the, in the literature that I dug up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this up as I go along. <laughs> Jason, and, and what, what, what happens to you? Maybe you could be the one of us who has success. What happens? Well, I mean, I am... Um... You know, my goal is generally as a fitness trainer is to assess, you know, the um, the the client or our uh, focus and then figure out how they can be their best physical self. Um, now, obviously, there are no gyms in uh, a town primarily inhabited by fish people, um, but I am uh, armed with the, um, uh, the the power of resistance training 
which I think will work wonders <laughs> for um, our uh, uh, fish people. And, the, you know, the idea of using all of this training to become more lean and more um, powerful and, uh, you know, in general, better health, I think would be pretty good because they're all sort of hunched over a little bit and work on posture and get them they can both blend in with humans better and then um, probably ultimately kill humans a little easier. And um, <laughs> I don't realize that. I think Jason and I would make a great team for this town. Yeah. I, I really believe in the positive impact we could have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And maybe, you know, it might be that they suddenly real, you know, they're starting to revel in their newfound strength and um, ability to blend in amongst humans. And I, I, I think it's an amazing success. <clears throat> Whereas, um, People start disappearing all over the <laughs> eastern seaboard. <laughs> you know, they start just crossing off little towns up and down the coastline. <laughs> Unintended consequences. I like this. Yeah. There we go. Okay, great. That was quite a detailed first round of season three <laughs> of The Awakening. I think I like that title more and more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So we've got two games there. First, we had our zombie disco with minor royals. And then we had our great old ones and their uh, social media makeovers. So guys, looking at those, would you play either of them? Which do you prefer, Chris? Well, I think playing and designing would have to be the the awakening, I think. I think I can have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> it kind of mixes... Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide-esque humor with a theme I kind of like, but also works quite well at being exploited for comedy value because it takes itself too seriously sometimes. Uh, and I think, you know, everyone knows a Cthulhu-themed game nine times out of ten does well financially as well. So, <laughs> so I think I think that's probably, I get the feeling that there's going to be almost universal agreement here. So sorry to be boring, but... Um, I'm going to go with that one. The trick-taking game, I would play it with friends who like trick-taking games. I'm not a huge fan of them personally because I don't really like bluffing. But um, it's out of all the trick-taking games I've played, it's probably the one with the theme I would enjoy the most. So, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And Frank? Well, actually, I would really like to to work on designing the, um, the trick-taking game, the zombies, because, <laughs> because coming up with the list of absolutely absurd uh, cards that you would get to either give you an edge, a small edge or a big edge of it, it'd just be fun. Like coming up with a list of absurd things is, is, is my jam. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> About playing, I don't know. I mean, obviously one of them is a quite quick game and the other one is yeah. like, we'll yeah. set the afternoon aside. 
So, mm. uh, yeah, I think I could quite enjoy both. Naturally, I'm really terrible at making financial uh, decisions like that. So I would design the one that would bring in no money, whereas I could just <laughs> slap Cthulhu on it and just rake it in. Uh, <laughs> but there you that's go. That's how it that's works. <laughs> All right, brilliant. And Jason? Um, I think I'm um, I, I, I'm actually torn because, like Frank, I think that uh, designing a quick and easy, fun zombie dance game would be absolutely a blast. I might subtract some of the more, like, I don't know that they have being uh, um, royals adds a mm. lot to the, the <laughs> elements. I think that, for example, just zombies negotiating a dance floor and trying to get in some cool moves Um Seems fine enough for me as a fun uh, card game. I don't even know if it would be a trick digging game. It might be, <laughs> um, but that does sound a lot of fun. So I think in terms of working on a game like that, I I think that would be the most fun. Um, in terms of playing, I'd probably want to play the um, uh, the uh, great old ones makeover game. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I judged it correctly. I do apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I kind of agree with what you both said. Designing a legacy game will probably take me like 10 years. So, that's, yeah, that's a real legacy. I've worked on, I've worked on um, way too many epic projects. Yeah. So, myself, I think I'd agree with Jason on the first game that maybe sack off the royals and doesn't necessarily need to be trick taking um, because, as you probably gathered, I'm not amazing at bluffing. Um, it's not really my thing. But I think it would be a fun party game to play and to put in lots of musical references, music puns, different genres and things like this. I think that could be really, uh, really nice. And then the second one also, I mean, they're so different that you can't really choose between them, right? <laughs> but the legacy game, I think, would be good if it, it would just be about getting the sense of humor right. So I think if you got it right and it was uh, just... Hit hit what you enjoy in that sense. That's true. Then I think That's it would work. Point. But both it, you and Frank have alluded to that. It would be quite difficult to get that humor level correct without it becoming patronizing against the very thing you're trying to be patronizing against kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but perhaps yeah, that's just true. this terror yeah. because in the internet, there will be always people for whom it, uh, right. it's not correct. <laughs> so. I'm, true, true. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Are there any humor-based legacy games? It seems like uh, that Clank is Legacy a, um... slightly. Clank Clank is a vaguely humorous game, and Clank Legacy is a little bit. It's the whole Acquisitions Incorporated world in the Clank Legacy. So, uh, which is like uh, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's like Dungeons Dragons with a comic bureaucracy. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I could imagine, say, a, say a Hitchhiker's Legacy game or something. Of course, would be well, amazing, but you'd know we, what you were getting. We've touched upon right? this in previous episodes. There is no Hitchhiker's game, and we did not understand why. <laughs> um, I think the licenses are ex both extraordinarily expensive and still tied up with a lot of. Um, uh, <clears throat> I know that I have actually heard in the last two years discussion of the Hitchhiker's uh, license, but I think it's just prohibitively expensive. Mm. And most people that do take it on, it's just not. It, it is always a slightly different twist, I guess, on the humor. It's never like right. listening to the first two radio series. Exactly. And right. so I think there's always that like. sense of a little bit of, oh. <laughs> well, yes, it's one of those weird things in that the, the probably the best version of it is not the one that's the most popular. And so, you know, unfortunately, you could probably say for that that more people have seen the movie than saw the television <laughs> series or watched the, um, 
uh, you know, uh, or listen to the listen to the radio series or watch the TV series. But, oh. you know, there you go. <laughs> so before we go, let's just wrap up with how you can get in touch with us. Um, so, Chris, how can we find you? You can find me at chrischinchilla.com and you can – I'm about to post a couple of uh, scenarios I've been working on for some time there. And hopefully by the time this is out, we might have a prototype of the chip shop game you can load into Tabletop Simulator and play as well, actually. And you can find other stuff I do there as well. Brilliant. Uh, Frank? Well, uh, you can find me on social media by the name Motocross, and that's – M-O-T-O-K-R-O-S-H and also motocross.com. That's where the website uh, links to all of the things that you can find there. And uh, yeah, depending on the timing of when this drops, I might also have a new adventure, uh, a tabletop adventure out that I actually playtested with some people, including Jason, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Well, a week ago from this. So yeah, motocross.com. And Jason? Um, I'm uh, visible on social media, um, either under my own name or I um, uh, am uh, working heavily with Chaosium these days. And so if you go to chaosium.com or Chaosium's uh, Facebook page or Twitter feed, there will probably be information about me there. Um, Most of the things I worked on with Modifius have been released in PDF form by now, and they should be trickling into stores as soon as the retail industry is um, <laughs> back up to uh, its uh, pre-pandemic uh, state. And other than that, that's that's what I'm up to. All right, brilliant. And myself, if for whatever reason you want to say hello, you can go to the website rebecca.world, spelt R-E-B-E-C-C-A, and uh, drop me an email there. And for more on Board Game Jerk, you can go to boardgamejerk.com. And actually, I just wrote a blog post, uh, <laughs> bizarrely paid for by Heroku, which was kind of cool, uh, about how I uh, how the bot was created. <laughs> so if you're interested <laughs> on going behind the scenes technically about how it works, and hint, hint, it's not that complicated, then uh, I'll put a link to that blog post on the website. And you could find how it all connects together. Obviously, that has not much bearings on the podcast, but um, for the bot, you might be interested in seeing how that works. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, everybody.